0: This is DJ Thomas, and you're listening to Frequency Interrupted. Okay, what's up, podcast? Today I have Danny Phillips on. How are you?
1: I am fantastic. Thank you for having me.
0: Yes, ma'am. Thanks for coming. So I wanted to get you in and let's talk about your backstory. Where are you from originally?
1: So I was born in Midland, Texas. lived there for two years. No, it will. <laughs> I don't remember. I'm any not fond of, of it, it, but I know well. it will. <laughs> <laughs> he said that. I was like, oh, we have a lot in common. Yeah. Um, my dad worked for Chevron for okay. his entire career. So. um, in Texas for a lot of that. But Texas, California for four years, and then moved to um, Mandeville, Louisiana. So okay. I spent most of my life growing up in Mandeville, and then went to Auburn University in Alabama for, for undergrad, and... Then I actually went into the military for four years and then I ended up in Streetport. So that was a really fast (laughs) progression through where I'm from. But yeah, mostly Mandeville. Um,
0: Okay, so uh, that's South Louisiana.
1: It is, about five hours south of here.
0: So you said you were in the military. What did you do in the military?
1: I was in the Air Force Office of Special Investigations. Oh, yeah. so, we can't,
0: so we can't talk <laughs> we about that then.
1: Dive straight into that one. Oh, we can talk about some of it. Some of it was Let's talk about that. It sounds interesting. Yeah, so I actually, I went to school for architecture initially and then decided that that was a lot more complicated than I wanted it to be and went into hospitality. And a couple years in hospitality, I just felt like I didn't have enough guidance and not even guidance so much, but I just didn't have enough purpose. Mm-hmm. And... Oh, we're just going deep here. (laughs) And I started playing rugby And some of my rugby friends were also in Air Force ROTC. And I was like, they're so driven. They have so much purpose. I feel like that's missing. I'm going to go do what they're doing. So I joined Air Force ROTC in my senior year of college. So then I extended my four-year degree by two years and ended up commissioning into the Air Force. Thought I was going to be a pilot. Decided that wasn't for me after I got my private pilot's license and ended up going into OSI because it was the next most difficult career field to Get into. And okay. so I said, well, I'm, I'm going to do what's the hardest thing I can get into. So that's how I ended up in the military.
0: And nice. well, yeah. <laughs> okay, so being in special investigations, what does that entail as far as being in the military? Is this the, uh, so, is this what what branch of the military were you in? Air Force. Air Force, okay. And so that's what brought you to, I'm, I'm guessing, Barksdale.
1: So actually, I was never stationed at Barksdale. Oh, okay. I was stationed at Joint Base San Antonio Lackland. Okay. So I was there for four years, minus um, six months of training in Georgia and six months in DC. And I would it's OSI is like NCIS but for the Air Force. Okay. It is nothing like the TV show. (laughs) It is. (laughs) So if you ever watch any of those shows, they're great. It's nothing like that. I would say the show is like ninety percent you're in the field, all this action stuff. Ten percent behind a desk. Mm in the real world, it's the opposite. It's about 90% behind a desk, 10% um, actually out in the field doing the things that you see on TV. Okay. And maybe that's different for other agencies, but it's a lot of interviews, a lot of talking to people and getting to know their backstories and it's a lot of typing up reports. So there's some action here and there, but I, in, in San Antonio there's, you know, it's the gateway to the Air Force. So everybody comes in for basic training right there. Okay. So we did a lot of work with investigations that involved basic trainees and, you know, other officers and um, non-commissioned officers that are in that area. But I tried to transition more into um, economic crimes in the fraud area. Ah, So that was more, I don't even want to say more exciting, but it was just a different avenue. And I felt like in San Antonio, there's so much that is, well, even in any investigation, he said, she said, or she said, she said, or he said, he's like, whatever. Right. There's not a lot of documentation when it comes to proving things in certain types of cases. But when it comes to fraud, it's black and white. It is. There's numbers. There's data. Like if something happened, a lot of times you can go back and find that information in a computer somewhere. So I kind of liked that. Hey, there's data to back up what I'm looking into.
0: Right. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. And so, <laughs> I guess uh, when you're doing something like that, I mean, that's a total shift from from a pilot to coming in. It totally learning, is. Yeah. And so, I mean, were you were you glad you made that that change? And
1: 100. Yeah. percent I did get my private pilot's license in in school and I will say that it's one of the most expensive things I have done to decide not to do it. (laughs) I want to say it probably ended up costing about $12,000 like, yeah.
0: So what, what made you not want to fly?
1: So I, I didn't love it. Okay. I just, I thought it was, I had a blast, Yeah. but at the end of the day, I did not, Oh, I didn't want to commit to it for 10 years. If if you want to be a pilot, at least at the time, it was a 10-year commitment. Okay. And I just couldn't see myself enjoying it enough to want to do it all day, every day for 10 years. So it's more like
0: just, like, it could be cool to be a hobby, but not necessarily as a job.
1: If you have that kind of money. Right, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yes, yes. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, so I, I did really enjoy it, but I just... I saw the difference between my friends who were getting their private pilot flights, pri- pri- golly <laughs> words, private pilot's licenses and they wanted to be pilots for the military. They had a totally different mindset than me and I just knew like if I wasn't giving it my all and I didn't, like I didn't have the desire and the drive to be that best pilot, I'm not going to take that away from somebody else who wants it okay, desperately. Okay, I understand that. I
0: understand that. Yeah, That's so cool.
1: it was a really good time. I loved it. Great experience. I mean, it teaches you just so many things that you would never see otherwise and my dad flew for the civil air patrol when he was younger and so it was kind of cool that we had that in common for a while yeah so
0: well so moving from that then you go into um you where do you move from there once you get out of the you come to you come to north louisiana
1: so i met my husband while we were in the military both of us are former military he was stationed at barksdale But I met him at a training in Georgia okay so we did long distance for a couple of years and surprisingly enough his family lives in the Dallas area so we just met most weekends in Dallas for a few years while we were both stationed in separate places and then he separated and he's still in law enforcement in this area and then I separated a year after him I separated in 2017 May of 2017 and then we moved up here. Nice, yeah. Nice, and so that's so, how I ended it back up here. I, I never thought I would come back to Louisiana, <laughs> but it's worked out well.
0: <laughs> well, from that, so what do you? Um, so basically, now you're, what you're doing is your fitness trainer, mm-hmm. and you also have a podcast. So that's mm-hmm. that's cool. What's the name of your podcast? <laughs>
1: I have two, actually. Okay. Um, the Fitness Empowerment Podcast is my nutrition and fitness and kind of personal health podcast. Okay. But I'm also a big Disney fan, and I found that I was doing a lot of Disney podcast episodes on the Fitness Empowerment Podcast and figured, okay, if I'm doing this many, I should probably separate it. So I also have the Healthy Disney Podcast.
0: Okay. And you also have written, you have a book?
1: Two. Two books. Okay, Mm -hmm. so
0: let's talk about those a little bit. What are those?
1: Okay, the first one is all about how to travel to Disney and plan your Disney vacation while also eating healthy. So it's specific to Walt Disney World, though you can take a lot of what's in there and apply it to any of the parks in other areas of the country or the world, I guess. I haven't been to parks outside of the US. I would love to go. It's on the bucket list.
0: <laughs> so that's I mean that's super specific, but I feel like there's there's a massive uh, market there. Have you have you gotten I mean, have you gotten a lot of feedback from that or have you got a lot of sales? How's that going with that? So
1: the feedback that I've gotten has been awesome. I don't know that I have the marketing background to get it out to the right people well enough. Gotcha. But Disney's taken such a huge turn with their presentation of food and their options. I feel like for such a long time, and even probably still, so many people feel like if you go to Disney, you eat nothing but junk food. And that's not the case. Or if you go to Disney, you can't work out. If you go to Disney, you're going to come back 10 pounds heavier. That's just not the case anymore, unless you want it to be. If you're in that mindset, you can absolutely go there and eat crap the whole time you're there. But they have awesome restaurants. They have awesome snacks. And there's a way to track your food while you're there. I've been to Disney while dieting for a bodybuilding show. It is absolutely possible. Do I recommend it for most people? No. (laughs) It's really hard (laughs) to, to not indulge in all of those things. But the amount of walking that you have to do, Yeah. While you're at Disney and with the parks and everything, you'll easily walk 8 to 10 miles a day. I mean, you'll get 20,000 steps in a day for sure if you want to. I think it's hard not to, honestly. And most of the resorts have workout facilities, so if you are intentional enough, you can have your cake and eat it, too, essentially.
0: Well, that's interesting. Yeah, I think that was super super specific. And there's, I mean, a lot of people are into health and dieting, or they like to think they are, you know? And um, honestly... (laughs) That doesn't need to be an excuse to go binge. You just go have a good time, and you still stay on your meal plan. Or, like you said, if you're getting ready to prep, you know, for a show. Exactly. Or just people that are wanting to – that maybe they're on some kind of plan at home, and they're doing well, keto, whatever, and mm-hmm. you know. Well, what's your other book?
1: So, my other book is more recent, actually. It's about – put it out maybe a month, month and a half ago. A lot of what I do now is nutrition coaching or consulting, and it's based on tracking your macronutrients, not so much IIFYM or if it fits your macros, but more of a flexible dieting approach where you do have macronutrient goals and you should hit them, but there's flexibility in there and we're focused on mostly whole foods, but some fun stuff in between there. I've found that over the past couple of years and just working with a variety of people, most people that I've worked with do not get in enough protein or that is kind of their biggest struggle with getting in enough protein but also balancing out the carbs and the fats. So yeah. the book is thirty grams of protein or per thirty meals. So it's okay. just it's thirty it's basic it's not a recipe book per se, but it's here's thirty different ideas to get thirty grams of protein in for these meals. But also it's not just protein sources. It's how do we have a simple, easy balanced meal. I don't do a lot of cooking. Right. I don't have the time or I'm not prioritizing the time for cooking. So I want fast, easy meal prep things that I can do in, you know, 10, 15 minutes. I do a lot of meal prep company, like, or I, I use meals from meal prep right. companies, so, and that's a lot of people here are busy, they're busy moms, they're busy yeah. dads, they're just on the go all the time, they're working 8, 10, 12 hour days, they just don't want to prioritize the time, and I get it, to spend hours, you know, 5 hours a day, 6 hours a day on a Sunday meal prepping for the week. Right, So yeah. what can we do to make sure that we're still getting in a healthy balance of our macros, but you know, just not taking up the whole day.
0: Well, so what? Let's talk about that then. So what? Okay. How did you get into? Uh, let's like dive deep here. Okay, so okay. when did you think you got into being healthy mindset and body? Because I feel like that a lot of times it gets really drab with people who aren't interested in hearing all the jargon about eating right and exercising. Right, yeah. And I feel like that a <laughs> lot of times. People need to hear about the mindset, that's, yeah. And we're because before you get there, you have to make a change, or you're going to have to do it at some point because that's not going to last long. Mm-hmm. So, where do you think you, did, like, dove into that mindset to mm-hmm. get you to start doing what you're doing now?
1: Great question. And there is a specific point. So I was in San Antonio for four years. With how old were you when I started,
0: when you got oh, to this mindset? Were you uh, before uh, the story? Where the story starts? How old were you?
1: 25, 26, okay. Okay. somewhere around there, mid-20s, gotcha. mid-20s. Gotcha. Uh, I think I was two and a half years in, um, oh, I'm going to get emotional, okay, I lost my sister okay. to brain cancer um, a couple years ago, 2014, and so with when she was going through everything that she went through, that was probably kind of one of the initial starts of like, hey, we're all, our whole family is kind of looking into this anti-inflammatory diet, making sure that we're all eating healthy, things like that. So I think that was an an initial start. I didn't change a bunch of my habits then, but I was just starting to become a little bit more aware of it. After she passed, I just, you kind of get into a mindset after somebody, you know, close to you passes away and just nothing else matters. You kind of just go into like the drudgery of like, oh, I don't have time to grieve. I've got to keep working. I've got to pay the bills. I just need to keep going. And so for maybe three, four, five, six months, something like that. It just, it just kind of felt like I fell off and lost mm-hmm. a path. I was I was still in the gym working out, but again, nutrition had never been a big thing for me. And I, f- I went to a training in New Jersey. Don't go to New Jersey in February if you can help it. <laughs> oh my God, I've never been so cold in my whole life. But at this training, I decided I needed to change something, but I didn't have time to add anything new into what i had going on i was i was going to the week i'm going to the gym maybe two three times a week and i was like well you know maybe i'll just try to do this training thing a little bit better work this a little bit harder my husband we were dating at the time he had trained for a bodybuilding show but had never actually competed and he kind of gave me that idea he's like well why don't you like try to do a bodybuilding show yeah and so i was like you know that sounds good. Like I'm already working out. I'll just hire somebody when I get back to San Antonio after this training. And you know, I'll just do that. Mm-hmm. Now I also thought this was only going to take like three months. So wrong. <laughs> this is like a year long journey. But on that drive back from New Jersey, I Googled and I found a trainer in San Antonio. I said, Hey, I want to do a show. Like, can I come and meet you this week? Met with her a couple days after I got back. And showed her some pictures of people I was like, oh, these are the bodybuilders I know of. Let me, like, try to do this. What do you think? Am I in good enough shape to do this? And she was like, well, it's not going to take three months. (laughs) Let's plan for about nine months. And, um, but that was the start of the bodybuilding journey. That first trainer that was my first time I ever dieted, ever learned. I was on a meal plan at that point. Right. So the first time I ever kind of had structure to mm-hmm. what I I was always kind of knew like I should eat protein. I should eat carbs. I'm an athlete. Like I need food. So yeah. eating wasn't the problem. It was eating the right amounts of food at the right times to develop the right physique. Not just get the energy but really look at the physique goals because when you're on a bodybuilding stage, there's not much covering anything yeah. nope. up. <laughs> no, you gotta get really comfortable <laughs> yep. with being just about naked up there and in heels. So that was my introduction to just learning more about nutrition. At the time, it was like follow the meal plan. It changes every three to four weeks, and you'll see progress as we keep progressing with the workouts. And I would notice that over time, I would get a little bit less food or a little bit less carbs and maybe a little bit more of the fibrous or cruciferous vegetables, you know. But I also didn't think i could stick to that for very long I don't. This is going to sound so strange. I don't like seafood.
0: I I mean, that's not that's (laughs) not strange. I'm not a massive fan. I mean, I eat fish on occasion and shrimp more than anything, but I'm not that big of a. I love oysters. So uh, who knows? It's a balance. (laughs) I don't eat
1: eat fish. I don't eat seafood. I don't like it. I've never been a fan. And tilapia was on my meal plan. Oh god, I hate tilapia. Oh. So I choked that stuff down because at the time I was like, well, it's on my meal plan. Like that's what's going to make me lean. It must work. And don't get me wrong, it worked. But it's not that the tilapia worked. It's that I follow in my plan, you know, and there's lots of other options. So kind of towards the end of the, you know, eight, nine months that I spent with that trainer and doing three different bodybuilding shows, I was so fed up with a meal plan. Mm -hmm. I was like, I need more variety. I need more options. And that gym, while I learned a ton there, I wanted, I was, had a lot of cardio to do. So I was watching a lot of YouTube videos and in those YouTube videos, I kept seeing flexible dieting and macronutrients and how can i you know interchange different things and eat different foods every day but still meet my goals and so i kept bringing that up to the trainer i had at the time i was like can i do this like can i substitute some things can i change some things up do i have to eat fish these people aren't eating fish why do i need to eat fish it's like "I've, i've got to change something and so i kind of just started rebelling a little bit and wanting to learn more and at that time i ended up Going on a six-month training in Washington, D.C., just kind of a different thing. And so we went our separate ways. And at that point...
0: Was this while you are active?
1: Yes, I'm all... Yeah, active duty at this point. So went to Washington, D.C., was no longer training with that particular trainer, but had it not been for her, I never would have learned the importance of how right. nutrition yeah. can totally change your body composition. I mean, just so amazing. So I started taking what I had learned from her and tracking that on paper. And I have I still have the little notebook that I tracked my macros for, you know, the first six months before I ever found out about an app like MyFitnessPal. Yeah. And I, I kind of got the urge while I was there that I didn't think I was going to be in for more than my initial four year commitment. So I started prepping for my personal trainer certification while I was in DC. And then after I got that, I decided I wanted my nutrition coaching certification. So I got that through the American Council on Exercise as well. So that's, I know I went really fast through no, that, that's but cool. that's yeah. like what brought me to wanting to know more. I think I just found so much of a change. Yeah through understanding nutrition and but learning how to manipulate those. This goals. all started
0: from losing your sister, where you guys actually what looking at what you were doing health wise. Yes. Because I feel like so many people, um and I don't I don't want to be touchy here, but like when you discover you have health issues Mm -hmm. you try to make a switch yeah and sometimes it's too late or sometimes it's out of your control but if Mm -hmm. you can start making that switch early before you ever discover anything who knows you know what i mean
1: exactly um
0: so it's really it's a good thing that you know it's it's horrible that that happened but yeah i feel like people take something and run with it Mm -hmm. and maybe you you, i mean you made that change you're living for her it sounds like doing that you know
1: yeah i think in some ways it's the more time that passes it's easier to look back and see that as such a turning point at the time it wasn't like oh i should be doing all these healthy things with nutrition it kind of took me going through the nutrition path and if i hadn't done a bodybuilding show and been coached through it with a meal plan i don't know that all of those things would have come together more but i know i never thought much about nutrition until she got sick and i knew my mom was just all about the anti-inflammatory diet so
0: well, so that being said, um, let's get off that subject and to something more positive. <laughs> okay. So, um, do you have any kids? Three dogs. Three dogs. Okay. Dog mom. Cool. Yep. So you mentioned Disney. You have a book about Disney and dining. Mm-hmm. So I, I always think it's interesting when I run into people. Um, who typically are couples who do not have children, but love to go to Disney. So mm-hmm. elaborate on that where some people that are listening or watching may and say, Hey, how can they enjoy going there whenever they don't even have kids? Most people think that's a kid, a children's destination.
1: Yeah. It's absolutely not just a children's okay. destination. And again, I think it's just grown. I've never been, years. so I have no idea. You've never been to Disney.
0: No. So when I was growing up, <laughs> when I was growing up, um, we were, we weren't very, we didn't have a lot of money and we, we had one vacation where we went uh, for a summer trip to Florida and mm-hmm. my mom said, okay, look, we can go to Disney, mm-hmm. or we can go to SeaWorld, Animal Kingdom, um, Universal Studios, Off the same price as going Gosh, to Disney. Yeah. And I was like, okay, let's do that, you know? So it was our choice, but that's, so, and then we just, I just never went back.
1: Yeah. Well, I would highly recommend you go back okay. and I'll just, I'll give you the pitch, right? Let's I'm, I'm trying to convince yeah, you. I don't do know it. if I can convince me. you. me. Sell me on it. <laughs> so, first of all, I think, now that alcohol is allowed in the parks there's a lot more pull for the adult population okay. to come in i think all parks at this point have you know alcohol being sold in mm-hmm. in at least one or two restaurants Uh, what used to be downtown disney and is now disney springs is just based on restaurants and shopping so again lots of bars yeah but it's all very tasteful it's all done in a very disney magic s kind of way and so i think there are certain sections of the parks that really cater towards the adult mind a little bit more um and i guess maybe i've just i've gone ever since i was a kid right probably at least every other year so for me it's just i feel like when i go to disney it takes me away from the rest of the world like i don't have to stress about work i don't think about anything else i mean and they just do such an incredible job with their marketing and with just everything they do really it's like you transform and you walk into another universe i mean the self service isn't great so you can't even hang out on your phone all day but that's
0: that's a good thing sometimes it really is it
1: really is so i think the food choices Having been ramped up over the past few years, you're no longer going and just having, you know, chicken tenders or burgers and pizza. I mean, there are exquisite meals and really fancy desserts and there's even there's a wine bar. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff that you can get there that you might not think about if you're just thinking about an amusement park or amusement park food gotcha. i mean there's you can even have conferences at different disney hotels and some yeah of those i've seen that i've seen that tour i've seen to where um
0: yeah in different business mm-hmm. um sides of things i've seen to where you know a lot of people that i know are having events there mm-hmm. which with everything going on right now with quarantine covid and you know everything i know or that i think they're back open right now
1: they are back open well, Super they like limited on the 11th and the 15th so all four parks are open and disney springs is open right now gotcha
0: they should hire you. <laughs> you know a lot to I not d- being paid by them. Well, nice. yes, I
1: would love to have them sponsor the podcast one day. I don't know how that works, but
0: we'll
1: Just keep, just
0: keep putting it out. Yeah. They'll, they'll notice you.
1: One day, one day. I'm
0: not but... a big um, I'm not a big Disney person. I wasn't real big on Disney movies when I was a kid. I was more into like Power Rangers and stuff. Okay. But um, Marvel, whenever Disney purchased Marvel, yeah, um, now that the Marvel I'm is out. a massive, you can call me a Disney nerd now because I'm a massive okay. Marvel nerd. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I'm not a big Star Wars person, you oh, know. They not? no, but I like Marvel. So hey, no, I fit in there somewhere.
1: Yeah, I have not been to Galaxy's Edge yet. Um, Is that
0: which what is what is that one?
1: Okay, so like there's a new section of Hollywood Studios that has it's Star Wars themed. Okay. So I've not been yet. I had plans to go twice earlier this year before COVID happened and they've been cancelled, obviously. So I'm looking forward to going back. But my understanding, my mom and my sister have been multiple times, is that even if you're not a Star Wars fan, just the imagineering that has gone into Galaxy's Edge is amazing for a non-star wars fan got you so, i mean yeah if i read the chance to go I'm,
0: I'm not going to turn it down because i've heard too many good things <laughs> about all the parks and i've just always been so close-minded because initially all you think is disney movies and right. and, and they have transformed they over have. the past 10 years you know i'm thinking mm-hmm. when i was a kid you know yeah um well mentioning that so okay you grew up in mostly mandeville
1: mm-hmm.
0: um and how many siblings do you have uh three okay so, or what were you at? In I'm the, the oldest. In, you're the oldest. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. So am I. Um, so being the oldest, um, how did that how did that affect you growing up and what you're doing now? How do you think it adjusted Ooh, your mindset?
1: That's a good question. I feel like I've always been a natural leader. I tend okay. to take charge of situations, and I. Well, I had a nickname as a child. I was helpful Hannah. I think being the oldest of four, I just always wanted to make a good impression. I always wanted to do the right thing. I always wanted to show that I could handle everything. Yeah. And my youngest sister is ten years younger than me. Okay. So I'm not sure I'm not sure like why I felt the need to do that as a kid, but I still feel that way now, but I know how to tailor it back because it was obnoxious as a kid, I'm sure.
0: <laughs> no, I can relate to that. I completely understand what you're saying, but yeah, I get that. Yeah, I
1: mean, so I guess it's just kind of a a sense of pride thing. I wanted to make my parents proud. I wanted to just do as much as I could. And my mom's one of those people. She's just, she's a doer. She's always on the go. Maybe too much, and we have to kind of rein her back in. We're like, "Hey, can we rest a little today?" But she's <laughs> one of those. If, you're go- if you go on vacation with my mom, she's up at six, and she is moving and going, and she wants to go to every single attraction, and she's going to make the most out of your time. And so, I think I got a lot of that from her. So you got
0: good efficiency. Yes. Yeah.
1: For the most part, I ha- like her. I have to learn how to taper it back into really schedule in rest time and off time mm-hmm. because it'll catch up to me real fast. I've gotten better about it over the years, but it's something I have to really focus in on a lot
0: yeah well so tell me a little bit about uh I guess let's we're talking about a little bit about what you do with the, the books and fitness stuff well what about hobbies so outside of fitness I feel like everyone that's into health and fitness always have hobbies based around health and fitness I know um, I'm
1: like shoot I don't know if I have an answer to this <laughs>
0: yeah I mean hey um what do I do outside of
1: you food? said
0: you have three dogs we
1: have three dogs
0: you guys yes. stay outdoors a lot no not just, really just you just chill when you have downtime
1: watch a lot of movies if we have downtime um i like to read i okay. really enjoy reading so i have the kindle app on my phone and i try to read every night 30 minutes to an hour
0: i i respect people that read i can't because i try to read and i fall asleep i just can't do it um I listen (laughs) I have to watch or listen yeah I have to do like I don't even do audio books I do podcasts I feel like that's how I got into the podcast production it's like uh, I just started listening to them but for some reason I can when I was younger yeah I could Mm -hmm. but now you know I don't know well I feel like and I think I read so many damn emails in one day that I I don't really want to look at lines of Text anymore, you know.
1: Right. Well if I need to fall asleep really fast then I'll pull out a book on research of some yeah. sort. Yeah. And and most of the time if it's during the day, I'm really into it. But if I need to fall asleep fast Pull out a textbook. Gotcha. But um I, I mean I like to read romance novels at night.
0: Okay, so, nice. <laughs> just I remember growing up, my grandma always had those those ones with the um real elaborate covers on them. Yeah, you know, I don't it, know what they're called, but it was like all the same author uh, that just I don't Jane Austen uh, yeah, romance novels. Yeah. So yeah, that's nice.
1: what that's what I like to read at night. It's just I need something that cuts me off from everything else yeah. that I've been doing all day. I just need a total one eighty. So I like to do that. But it's also it's part of my nighttime routine. Which is, again, part of, like, the taking a step back and working on being calm. I have to – I really put, like, a one- to two-hour focus every night on my nighttime routine so that I can sleep well, so I can get up at 4.30. So – but other than – I mean – I would say that Disney is my hobby. I just haven't been able to get out there in a while. I feel like podcasting is a hobby, you know, at times, as long as I can make it consistent. I haven't been lately. I haven't had much room for... I have not prioritized much room for hobbies as of late. I Um, like how you
0: shifted that right there.
1: Yeah, I'll I'll catch myself all the time. I'm hard on myself, too, but
0: I can't stand someone saying I don't have time.
1: No, there's always time. We just have to prioritize it differently. Yeah. I love to travel. So, outside of Disney, if I could... Travel all the time overseas, I would, but that's not happening right yeah, now. <laughs> we're kind of restricted
0: to, we're in our own bubble, kind of, you know, just trying to make it right now. Yeah. Well, um let me ask you this. So um, we go into, you, once again, you're a trainer and that's your full-time job. So you mm-hmm. go into military, you go out, you get out and you start training full-time. So I know this and because I've been in the fitness world forever from, I was personal training a little bit. I did it for like 10 years on and off. Just kind of like my side hustle. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I always had three or four clients. I like to see, you know, help people, but I never wanted to do it full-time. Yeah. Same thing with the MMA and a little bit of bodybuilding. I trained some bodybuilding okay. people over the, oh, cool. in the past, but, um, there's so many people, trainers these days, if you go on Instagram or Facebook or anything, they're a dime a dozen. Like when I say they're a dime a dozen, there's so many of them. Yes. And um, so can be being, yeah, it really is. But the thing that I noticed is that a lot of them aren't doing it full-time mm-hmm. or a lot of them aren't putting their full, their all into it their Mm -hmm. life it's just like one of the things they do they they may sell whatever the new multi-level marketing thing is and then they're doing the the, you know personal training and then they're doing you know photo shoots you know whatever so what what do you do what makes you do what you do like I'm assuming you do it because you love it because you seem to have that personality so why do you love it and why is it something you chose to do full-time for a career
1: well I'll say this first it's taken me three Years to get it to be full time. Gotcha. I mean, I did. I saw the YouTubers doing it and yep. I was like, Oh, people can do this online and coach online and make like millions?
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, it doesn't work that way.
0: <laughs> no, it doesn't. It's a lot. Maybe of it work. does
1: for some people. I don't Shoot, think it does I for anyone. Know. They just make it look easy. Yeah, it it definitely has not been that case. I really when I came to Louisiana, I thought I was just going to train people online and coach online. And it just happened to be that the gym I was training in the owner came up to me and said, Hey, you look super fit. Like, are you a trainer? Would you consider training here? And that's kind of how it all started. Nice. And, but it's, it really has, it's taken a couple different gyms and meeting the right people and finding the right fit of yeah. the gym with my style of training for it to finally become full time. Okay. Um, so I've done a lot of side hustles. No, with, no there's nothing wrong yeah, with that. Yeah, like, there's nothing with, wrong with that. Yeah. Well, the, I guess the one, that I,
0: I didn't want to, to strike a nerve there. I guess what I was saying was is that there's people that do it and never put their all into it. Yeah. And if you're doing it full time, that means that you're actually doing well and you're successful at it. So that's a good thing.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I'm, I feel so grateful that yeah. now, I would say the. Probably since February March, I've done this. I've been able to get it full time. Awesome. Yeah, unbelievable. But three years ago, I would have told you, "Oh yeah, I'm going to do it full time." I didn't think it was going to take me three years right. to get here. I it's, mean,
0: I, I, it's patience. Every, everyone wants that. I mean, well, I say everyone, but people think that they can do it tomorrow, and it's just don't. I mean, we know that. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. It if was you're a looking for that quick fix, it's not going to be.
0: You know, it's not going to be satisf- Yeah. You know, satisfying.
1: Yeah. You know, but why do I do it? Why do I love it? You know, there is something so satisfying about a client come in and say, I haven't felt this skinny since my first child, or I haven't felt this energized Mm -hmm. because I actually get to eat food on your your nutrition plan. You know, I haven't felt like I was dieting and I can actually live and breathe and I have more energy. There's something so satisfying about hearing those types of, that type of feedback from people that just... It gives you the word fuzzy, and you're like, no, really yes, this "Yeah, this is why I do it. Yeah. So to help somebody get stronger, to just move better during their day and just function more optimally, it's the things that they don't even necessarily come in. A lot of people come in, they're like, I want to lose 8 pounds, I want to lose 10 pounds, or whatever the number might be. And it's a mindset shift, and once they recognize all the things behind the scenes that they need to do to, to reach that goal, like... Mm-hmm they're just they seem so much happier with oh, their
0: lives yeah. well and so when you say a mindset shift and that's really what i want to talk about because you know you can talk about lifting weights all day long with this exercise and that diet mm-hmm. but um i think the most important thing is a mindset i just you know that that's my opinion sure. you know who knows if you don't argue with me, that's cool, but no. uh, not you. I mean, anyone who's listening. Um, but um, so when you say that, I, I guess, what what is your strategy or what do you, what have you seen working with people um, since you've been doing it for a few years now, working mm-hmm. with people and seeing that shift in mindset? Um, how, I guess, how can you explain that to people like when they know it's happening?
1: Mm, well, you know, I think one of the things I have done well and has at the same time been one of my biggest struggles has been managing expectations for clients and i think the better i've become managing their expectations and how long it might take for them to see the results that they're really looking for and what the effort level actually looks like the better their mindset is because I'm not saying, oh yeah, that's your goal, we can totally meet it. It's more like, okay, is that your goal? Why is that your goal? Let's break it down and find some smaller goals and let's understand that depending on where you are with your nutrition and your exercise and your sleep and your stress levels and your lifestyle habits in general, this might take years.
0: Of course, especially if you spent spent 30 years eating like shit (laughs) and not exercising, (laughs) you can't expect to look like Paige Hathaway Exactly. You know, or whoever, yeah. or The Rock, you know, right. and to even a year, mm-hmm. much less three years. I yeah. mean, it, it's so crazy to me that people, like, that even think that, you know what I mean? Like, you have to spend the time to make that entire lifestyle change.
1: Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's something... If I'm not constantly reiterating it, it mm-hmm. doesn't always sink in. But I get it because I didn't understand that either. When I, like I said, when I went to that yeah, first trainer, right. I showed her a picture of Dana and Bailey. I <laughs> okay, was like, cool. I want to look like you her. You have similar hair.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> we didn't at the time. It was halfway down my back. But yeah, I thought that I could look like her mm-hmm. in three months, not recognizing Man, that she probably that's five, had. Six years. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Years and years yeah. of training behind that. And so I didn't understand kind of that muscle maturity and the. just the years and the hours a day that that goes into that. So I think being able to give people, again, now that I've had three years, I've had kind of testimonies that I, not that they're all, not that those clients are putting that information out there, but I have the data to explain to new people coming right. in like, hey, this is the research I've read and this is something I've seen with past clients and I can give them, hey, I've seen this happen, I've seen this happen. You could be on the outlier end or you could be somewhere in the yeah. middle. So. I think being able to give them a better, a more realistic expectation has really helped with the mindset shift gotcha. and reassuring them that it's a long term thing. You ha- you can't just do it till you hit your goal and then stop because then you won't stay at that weight or that body composition or, you know, in that pant size, that dress size, whatever it is. So I think it's a continuous habit and trying to give them like teach them along the way not just tell them what to do but give them the background knowledge this is why we do this you see how your shoulder is moving this way we're trying to see you know your scapula move around your rib cage not to like i try to find the balance between being too sciency and too nerded out with research but also (laughs) giving them something so that they get the why because like you said in the beginning people want to know the story behind why you did something in the first place of
0: course yeah and i think that you know like Um, setting expectations, being transparent throughout the whole journey, you know, it's going to make it a lot easier. And that's anything. That's anything in life. You know what I mean? Yeah. But not only that, like people, man, people like, like making a. I always told when I, you know, I've probably trained 20 people over the past 12 or 13 years and it's never been like, like I said, it was kind of my hobby. Mm -hmm. But I really put a lot of time into those because I knew I couldn't do, I knew I couldn't never do it full time because I knew I wouldn't have enough time in the day to give each person the attention I wanted to. sure. So I always only had two or three. Yeah. You know, But what I always told them was, I don't want you to pay me forever. I want to change your lifestyle, make a shift, and then you go. So I want to educate you the mm-hmm. entire process of doing this about what this exercise does, yep. why we're doing this, what muscle group we're working, what that helps. And so in doing that, one day you can be free and go do your own thing. We mm-hmm. made an entire lifestyle shift diet and exercise and you know what you're doing because a lot of people just go to a trainer there's a lot of trainers out there i know it that just say we're doing this today boom 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 and then you leave Mm -hmm. you know in 30 minute sessions they have no idea what they did they just they just say oh would you you worked out today yeah i worked out with my trainer what y'all do i don't know yeah you know what i mean i feel like there's a lot of people like that (laughs) and and i don't like that for me i don't like that because basically you're just going through the motions um, you're probably burning off all that wine you drank the night before, you know what I mean, <laughs> or the cheeseburger you just ate at lunch. Mm. And you're never learning anything, and you're not building a, a, a healthy lifestyle shift. Yeah. And so, from what it sounds like to me, you're on that same kind of in that same wheelhouse.
1: I do try. I do yeah. try, and I love that you said that because I have I have said that to many of clients is you're not going to be with me forever, and and I try to give them the example. I've been in three years of bodybuilding. I had three different coaches. Not right. that it's a bad thing. Right. I think to yeah. stay with a coach for more than that time period, but sometimes you'll you'll learn something from one right. person, and you'll feel like okay, I'm ready to move on to another approach or just uh, just another perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are, there are clients out there that I've got a few of them and I love them dearly. Yeah. They've been with me for a few years, but they come in, they hate working out. They're like, I'm just yeah. here because I know you're going to hold me accountable <laughs> to showing up, <laughs> and, but and they don't want to learn. And, and that's, that's fine. fine. And that's okay, and that's fine. okay too. That's okay as too. long as that's, they know it. <laughs> that's
0: fine. If they're, if yeah, that's okay. But I feel like there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of people out there that don't even know they want to learn they've never been given the opportunity because they're just running through the motions. Um, and there's some that don't, that's cool, you know? Um, but I just always had experience in trying to, to change someone's, you know, entire psyche and it's really hard to do and saying, shut up, get up. You know what I mean? (laughs) Quit crying. It's really hard to do. You know, it's like people were like, "I, I don't know if I can eat this chicken rice today. I was like, yeah, but you know how good you felt when you looked in the mirror this morning? Yeah. Versus last week or the week before, mm-hmm. when you're down seven pounds. Yeah, we've lost fifty pounds now. We've it's taken us six months, but we've done it right. Yeah, step by step. Mm-hmm. I'm not making you eat green beans and chicken all day every day. Yeah, you know. um I always noticed because the way I shifted into uh cut, being able to cut weight for fights and stuff and changing my diet I do like to drink I still drink on occasion sure. um I'm never going to give that up I don't think um I, I do it a lot less than I used to yeah but that's like my cheat meal I guess you know I try to eat good all the time and then if I have a drink I'm like okay that's my cheat mm-hmm. meal but I always tell people like take out one thing at a time
1: yeah
0: take out so fried food one it's really thing hard time, take out exactly. take out you know soft drinks like coke yeah you know or Pop or soda or whatever you call it, wherever you're at listening, um, you know, take that out and then, you know, one thing at a time. That way you don't get demotivated because I've noticed that so many people get so demotivated. You know, they're great two or three weeks in because they lose that weight and they plateau because mm-hmm. their body's starting to adjust yep. and they get demotivated and they start binging on, you know, whatever, MMs or whatever. Yeah. And it just throws it all off again.
1: Oh, I totally agree. And there's. <laughs> I get that's part of like my managing expectations. I do find that there's a lot of females that they want the weight loss like that. They're honed in on the number on the scale and it takes a long long time time to hit the number. And Mm -hmm. so I try to say, hey, you're going to have an energy balance shift first. Like we're going to focus on your energy. We're going to focus on your strength. And like a lot of people come in and they're like, eating 1200 calories a day yeah they want to diet i'm like we're not dieting no you don't need to there's you have nothing to cut from no, your diet no, nothing there's, you don't need to
0: you just need to i mean and that's another thing like if you you start never if you've never worked out in your life you start working out and you start building muscle it's going to be harder for that weight to drop off oh, yeah. looking at the scale is horrible
1: that's why i do I, progress in, pictures yeah
0: of course that's great for everyone and, mm-hmm. and I think when people really start doing that, and um, they look at them every single week, Mm -hmm. and they can strategically pick out, okay, I've lost an inch in my thighs, you know, my belly fat's dwindled a little bit, you know what I mean? I can see my top two abs this this month, you know? Um, That makes it a lot more motivating for people mm-hmm. I think you know
1: it does and it's it's really hard sometimes to get people to take that first or second set of pictures yeah and I'm like hey I'll take the pictures you don't have to ever see them and let until you're ready right and then when you see the comparison pictures most that's, a of month, that's a good idea that's
0: a good idea because I, I especially if you're working with remote clients they have to take them and send them to you mm-hmm. you know and it's like being a guy it was always weird for me when I worked with you know females because I don't want to okay. come out I'm like you know yeah. I don't want to don't try to get naked I don't want to see <laughs> do what you're comfortable doing yeah Get me that, and then let's check it every week or two weeks or however the plan's laid out. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to start feeling confident. And I hate to razz on people, that, but, like, people that start showing skin, and even if it's on social media or whatever, sometimes it's not because they want attention. Sometimes it's just because maybe they're feeling confident, you know? Yeah. Who knows? You know, but I feel like a you know, whenever they make that body shift and that mindset shift and they start mm-hmm. feeling good about themselves, then you can unlock every, everything. You know,
1: definitely. And I think a lot of what I've done more recently, probably in the past six months, I've focused a lot more on functional movement training mm-hmm. and really relating to each client. Hey, we're doing this because I want you to think about doing this action in your real life. For example, like a suitcase carry with a kettlebell. Nice. Okay. I relate it to carrying groceries. Like if, if we yeah. can, if we can carry a 25 or a 30 pound, kettlebell and keep our core tight and our shoulders balanced while we're walking you know mm-hmm. down the aisle then when you pick up that gallon jug of milk and you have four more bags on your elbow you're going to be a lot better off as yep. far as you know functioning throughout your day so i so try to relate it back to things that they can think about that's an interesting their day. approach
0: i never thought about it like that. that's cool Thanks. yeah because basically yeah they can say okay this is why i'm doing this. Mm-hmm. And this oh. is how I need to be postured while I'm doing it. You made me exactly. just sit up straight when you said that.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm <laughs> this huge... mic's
0: low, so I'm, like, leaned over. I'm like, oh, let me adjust my posture because I feel like I'm leaning here.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, we're so we're so like this, even me. I mean, oh, everyone's
0: we, head's down. We're all heads like down. this
1: in our phones every day, every, yeah. and we get duck almost but like I this can't. and so pulling the posture yep. back is so huge. You can't hate
0: on it either because it's the world we live in. To survive you have to have oh. this device and use it. It just oh, is what it I is, know. you know. I know. But um <laughs> separating yourself and being able to do things is great too. But I mean it's it's crazy. Yeah. Well um we got a little bit of time left. I'm going to give you something, so I always like to give my guests gifts. Oh, okay, um, cool. I, we, this is the first time we've ever met, so I don't know a lot about you, but I, I I looked at your social media a little bit. Yeah, and I realized that you like coffee. Okay, oh,
1: I do. So I
0: have <laughs> I have some friends that have a coffee shop here. Oh, do um, you? And I'm not going to give them too hard of a plug, but I'm sure they'll listen or watch. But basically, their shop. Um, I don't know if you've been there yet.
1: I have not been in here, but okay. my husband brought me back some uh, awesome. two weeks ago, and I was like, "This is great! Yeah. This is so
0: cool!" So, Coffee and red, they are good oh, guys. Um, thank
1: you.
0: And I was like, "Hey, I did not—you know—what else to get you? Here you go. You, oh t- you got a shirt mug, so and cool. some coffee."
1: Thank you. And they—they—I
0: so um, love these guys because they always have fresh. Uh, I learned a little bit about coffee from him. Actually, he's been on the podcast already, oh, cool. so I
1: will go listen to that episode.
0: Yeah, um, but basically, um, a lot of. Big box stores have coffee, and they don't. It's not it's supposed to be drinking within a few weeks of being roasted, okay. and a lot of people leave stuff on the shelves for six months. <gasps> wow! I'm not going to name any names, but big box stores will do that, <laughs> and um, you lose the the taste and the you know aroma and all that out of the coffee. So all yeah. their stuff's always fresh roasted, and um, it's good coffee.
1: I'm so pumped. You yeah. <laughs> really did your research. That yeah. was very, very cool. For sure. Chocolate, roasted nuts, ripe berry, and a balanced body. Yeah, I haven't been in yet, but I'm really excited to go. I'm a, I'm a big coffee shop nerd. Well, <laughs> Thank you. Well, let's
0: hit that point real quick. So talking about coffee, um, how does it... So staying hydrated while you're trying to be healthy is hard for a lot of people. Um, I try to drink my gallon of water a day yep. sometimes I don't hit it because I'm all over the place or I don't look like a douche carrying my jug around <laughs> but um, I try to drink my water every day and a lot of people um, do not hydrate enough but they love stimulants like caffeine and co- you know drinking coffee, drinking tea, drinking these things you know um, but they're not hydrating enough so what's your what's your take on that?
1: Well. I think you're right. I think most people don't get enough water. And so if, if I was working with a client and trying to get them to drink more, I would start with, where are you now? Let's start tracking what what's your current intake, and let's try to find a way to slowly increase it from there. If I mean, I've worked with people who are like, oh, I drink, like, a bottle of water a day. I'm like, okay, we got, we got a lot That's, of work yeah. to do. Hey. Um, so I'll, I'll use There's some... a lot
0: of people like that. A lot of people listening and yeah. watching are like that. You know that.
1: Yeah. I'm
0: Sometime... talking about the people out there. Y'all know I'm talking yeah. about. But they that I started. It was like two bottles a day and I had acute kidney failure oh, because wow. I was doing high protein, low carb, wasn't drinking enough water. And that's mm-hmm. what made me be the douchebag here. My oh. Jug around now. But um, I definitely can relate to that. And just people just don't they don't mm-hmm. hydrate.
1: I start off by giving people small goals. So, if you are used to drinking a bottle a day, we're not going to go to a gallon. That's not going to work no, for you. Yeah, You're going to yeah. fail two days and, right. and, and never do it again, yeah. and then I'm not going to hear from you. So, I'll have them set a cup of water in their fridge or on their nightstand, like before they go to bed. Okay. And so, we want to start implementing a habit, like putting things in their way so that gotcha. they see see the oh, water I see. more frequently okay. and are reminded that water is around more frequently. So little things like that, you know, put a four ounce or an eight ounce cup of water into two or three different places where you know you're gonna see it throughout the day. Buy a case of water and just have it in the car. You may not drink it, within a a week or two, but it's going to sit there and you're going to see it every day and it's going to constantly be a reminder for you. So putting things in place to just constantly be in your path, eventually you're going to be like, Oh, that water's there. I should probably drink it. You're going to grab that water. You're going to put it in your purse. You're going to put it in your backpack, whatever the case might be. Um, but I'll give them small goals like that. I'll have them set alarms on their phone, you know, three times a day to remind them because
0: you're making me thirsty. I got to drink some
1: water. water, Yeah. (laughs) So I try to start with little things like that. And like you said, it's one thing at a time. So if water is the one focus for the week, then that's the only goal I give them. If we can accomplish that one goal, then we'll add in another one or we'll increase it. But it's got to be something that's reasonable and attainable for that person. So it's very individualized.
0: Okay. I mean, yeah, I mean, because I, I would
1: never ask them to cut out coffee.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not, I, honestly, I love coffee. Um, but I, over the years, I have gotten to where I don't drink a lot of it anymore. I like the taste of it. I love the smell of it. But mm-hmm. for some reason, I've went to things like this that or low calorie and don't have a bunch of sugar and stuff in them. Yeah. Um, like rain or bang or whatever. Yeah. I don't drink a lot of bang because it has a lot of creatine in it. But um, I just like I, I I'm so hot caffeine. all the time.
1: <laughs> you can't handle that much. <laughs> Not yeah. At once. See, I'll sip on a bang. For I, a I can sip on this day. for an hour
0: and it's great. But I'm uh, probably over the course of this show, I kind of tear up and down because yeah. of this. Yeah. You know, it's like. But I, I like cold because I'm hot all the time, uh-huh. and coffee makes me really hot. Even if it's mm. a cold brew, yeah. it still heats me up for some reason. And you know, these chilled. Energy drinks don't do as bad. But, Fair enough. Yeah. Well, um, before we end this thing, what are some adv- some advice you may have? What's some advice you may have for people? Or, you know, any kind of phrases you like to, you know, live by or anything positive? Mm. Want to end this thing on a good note?
1: It's like asking your favorite quote, you know? And, yeah. of course, I think about this all the time because I hear this question what's on the most, Okay, okay, all right. <laughs> let, let's,
0: let's, let's change this up. What's the thing that aggravates you the most in life?
1: oh that's really deep
0: yeah
1: <laughs> oh my
0: let's do it Oof. like gets just to the bone aggravates you in like way maybe maybe it's actions maybe it's things that happen just oh
1: my gosh this is a really good question but I feel like we could dive into a whole other podcast oh, we're, we're gonna going keep it, it, it
0: short and sweet we, we may have a podcast later about okay, it okay. yeah
1: okay um oh my gosh I'm trying to think of, like, there's small things and there's big things. I'm trying to think of things that have frustrated me. Well, I'll tell you me. what frustrates I'll me. Okay, tell I'll me. I'll tell you
0: what aggravates the hell out of me. It's people that, um, and it's not, I'm, I'm not attacking anybody, but what we said earlier, when people constantly prioritize something so small over something that's much more important by saying, I don't have time to do it. Okay. You know, whether it be, whether it be, um, Doing something extracurricular mm-hmm. or, you know, or I can't, I just tripped up on that word for some reason, or doing something where, where there'd be health and fitness. I don't care if you don't want to work out, cool, change your eating habits, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, or not drinking alcohol every single day of their life Yeah. or, you know, winging off that medicine that they probably shouldn't be taking, yeah. but it's like putting things that small changes into something that were they basically I guess not so much a time thing more of excuses
1: yeah I can't stand excuses okay so you're talking through that some things came to mind accountability like people accountability is
0: the number one thing that
1: accountability for their actions if you
0: if we had that this is why when people complain about social media or anything like that they're like social media is so bad dude social media is just a funnel it's still people. It's still human behavior. They're mm-hmm. gonna act that way whether they have that phone in their hand yeah. or you can't see them. Mm-hmm. The reason people do so many things like that is because there's no accountability. Where mm-hmm. they talk shit like in a comment because nobody yeah. can do anything to them, but yeah. they would never do that in person. Right. But accountability. That's the. That's like. I swear I fit into episodes all the time, because yeah. I'm just like, dude, that pushes my buttons, accountability is everything.
1: Yeah, I mean, accountability, like integrity, but then also recognizing that we're human. And so if we do something wrong, give yourself some grace, own up to it and like move forward. And yeah, I think a lot of people get stuck and they don't know how to move forward. Call
0: yourself out on your bullshit. <laughs> don't be sorry for yourself. Yeah. You know, people are so hung up on being sorry for themselves. Guess what? No one cares about you. At the end of the day, they don't. They do, but they don't. You know right. what I mean? You have loved yeah. ones, whatever. but. The people out there that you are always worried about judging you—they don't mm-hmm. care. No, they're they all have their own problems. Yeah, they have their own problems. They're worried about, you know, it's like it's just crazy how it happens, you know.
1: Yeah, it's something that came to mind when I'm you were talking through before. Something that really frustrates me. Yeah. When shopping carts are left in the middle of the parking lot. Oh my
0: god! Put I've always your been that person. Uh, yeah, I agree. That's another. That's just laziness. I've always been that person that. Um, oh, I didn't have time. I'm, I'm I'm in a hurry to go somewhere, you know, or whatever someone's mental mm-hmm. excuse is when they're. I feel like everyone deep to their core knows when they're leaving. This is so funny to be, even be talking about. <laughs> they I'm leave that like, buggy. <laughs> they leave that buggy sitting there. You know, they feel some type of way inside, like I shouldn't be doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, just, those, those like, kids pushing those buggies inside, it's hard enough pushing that many at one time, yeah. not having to run around the parking lot. But not only that, dude, like, I was just, I mean, think about if it was your
1: vehicle that that cart just ended up accidentally hitting, yeah. you would be so mad. Of course. Like, don't do that to somebody else. Put yeah. your cart up.
0: <laughs> yeah. I've, I can definitely say, uh, maybe I've. A handful of times in my life, I may have left a cart in a spot or something when there was it was across the way, you know. But very seldom, I, I'm I'm a stickler for that. Yeah, I'm going to walk across. My...
1: If I'm parked and I see one, I'll try to bring it in with me.
0: Oh, I don't go that hard. But. <laughs> <laughs> I try. Well, that's cool.
1: But um, uh, but I did think of a, one of my favorite quotes. Sure. So there's a rugby movie, and um, while they're running stadiums after a game they didn't win, the coach yells out practice doesn't make perfect practice makes permanence so the things that actions that you take in daily life whether they're good or bad like they're going to be permanent if you keep doing them yeah so I just I think about that all the time
0: that's cool that's a good one i never heard that one well um so let's let's give you some plugs real quick so how do they find either podcast and either book you have out let's do the book in the podcast on each side
1: okay so the fitness empowerment podcast you can search fitness empowerment it is available on probably just about every podcast outlet that you can find so it's on apple music and apple podcasts and google play pocket Cast, all that jazz gotcha. um, really the easiest place to find everything would be at dannyphillips.com it's gotcha. all everything's like there somewhere there so if they're interested yep. in
0: going to disney and they want to know a little bit about health yep. and fitness they can get it all right there.
1: Yep, there's a podcast tab, and the book is up there. The second book is not up there, but both books are available on Amazon.
0: Awesome! So. Well, it was good having you today.
1: Thank you so much. This has been a blast. It's been yeah. my first podcast in a while, well, and an in person one at that. So, <laughs> <It was laughs> I great. know
0: it's, it's, I'm just glad to be back in person. This is uh, getting some real interactions, fun because you know we're going to keep doing Zoom ones, but I want to do some more of these too. So, yeah. Well, thanks everyone, and please subscribe to the podcast. Thanks again for coming on.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for having me.